Welcome to episode 70 of the Muck Podcast, where we discuss the dark and sometimes weird true stories in American politics. I'm Tina Jaramillo. And I'm Hillary Doherty. Hillary, what a weekend. Well, I'll say. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) there's so much to say. Let's start with the thing, the big thing, which is we did a live cooking show. We're calling it Cooking with Cullum. We're just taking it over. And Cullum's Supper Club who we love, James and Emma Cullum. Oh my goodness. James, he doesn't James. want to be called chef, but the motherfucker can cook. Yes. Which I think is the the requirement to be called chef. Yes. It's basically motherfucker can cook. Yes. Yes. So that was amazing. We did a live Instagram. Um, oh my God. And it was like, oh, it's only going to be 45 what? minutes. 80 87 something, minutes later. 87 minutes later. A lot Hillary's of, a drunk. Lot of, <laughs> a lot of dead air. Oh, who cares? Tina wants, to, dead air. Tina wants to edit it out, but <laughs> the dead air is the best part, I think. I might think. send it over to our uh, video editor, Barefoot Lobo, oh. and see what he could do with it. Is he our video editor? <laughs> I don't know. Why not? <laughs> well, I don't know. I say I say, keep it. Keep the 87 minutes, baby. It's so long and fun, and I had the best time ever. It was ever. so funny. We burned ricotta. Oh my god, the um, ricotta! Like it was, it was so. so fu- I felt it was so hilarious. bad. I know I felt so bad. The whole that. Oh lord. Yeah, because when you watch it, he says that he had this cream and the rosemary, oh, had and it was beautiful. It was like beautiful. Three hours, it was sitting there, and I'm like, wow, there it goes all over the stove, <laughs> burned to a crisp. And then you hear like the front door open because Emma had to open the apartment door, so the smoke goes out. It was so <laughs> fucking great. I loved it. And then at some point during this, the dog peed on the floor, and so the uh, wait, so, I missed that. Yeah, well, it was the same time because the paper towels were disappearing cleaning up oh, the ricotta no. off the stove that emma's cousin was like or it, yeah katie katie was like we need paper towels the dog peed on the floor i was oh, like well this is just uh wow hell of a show you know, actually, a hell of a show it can't get muckier than that it can't it so cannot it really maybe although it's, it's apropos that the muck was was there for this yes and also it can get muckier because we have an executive producer, Alfredo Olvera, who loves to stir the shit. I, and I have to tell you, the questions he was throwing at us, I felt they, very much on the spot and, and uncomfortable. They were funny, though. I, uh, did you notice I deferred and, like, didn't answer anything? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I did, actually. I did actually notice, which is probably why I was drunk by the end. You were deferring, and I was like, well, somebody's got to answer deflect, this. Deflect, 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 deflect. Yeah, what? like Wonder Woman. It was so funny. special magic My bracelets. My favorite, though, is when I was just like, no, when he asked me to speak Italian. Yeah, why, though? Why did you say no? I don't know, because I don't speak it well, and it's embarrassing. You're not going to do dancing like a monkey for us, like we asked you to? Um, P.S., yeah, so he's like, what about Nikki Freed for governor? I'm like, God damn it. Like, I don't want to get into this. I don't want to get yeah. into well, the things, how I politics. feel yeah, no, I know. about Nikki Freed. I don't want to be put on the spot about this. I have yeah. a favorite that I want for governor. Unfortunately, it's not Nikki Freed. I think she's great. Will she be the nominee? Probably. Probably. I'm telling you, her slogan's going to be get fried with Freed. Because <laughs> I mean, she's it would pro, work. She's pro marijuana. And that, at least that's what I hear. Like, my that was my husband. He was like, everyone's going to love her because she really has been pushing for legalization of marijuana. Okay, and, and I appreciate, her, I, right. I get it, and I but appreciate But there's so that. many other things personally Thank you. that I think are Thank you. so much more important than that. Yes. Like, I don't care, but, because I don't use... But you know, you know what? what I, I mean, know? I don't care if anyone... Use what you want, do what you want, live your life. But, you know, abortion, you know, voter rights, like, those are the things that, that is the platform for me. I get it. But I get what I I guess what his point is this. We always talk about how Republicans are like, here's our issues. 
if she's just like, here's my issues. And of course I'm a Democrat. I'm on the same side as all this other stuff. Then I'll get on board. Right. But I don't want to see another video of you holding your marijuana card. By the way, that's not even a yeah. thing in Florida. What the fuck is that? Is that it's a probably, thing? It's, no, yeah, the medicinal is probably the medicinal card. So she, I guess. Yeah. But even like um, on CBS down here, uh, Jim DeFeedy was like, where did you even get that? Like what? Like asking yeah. questions about like, basically she's rolling out video at like professional video after video after video every single week. Yeah. And it's like, can you just announce already so we can get the fucking yeah. show on the road? Get Let's fried go. with Freed whatever yeah something <laughs> something but also p.s i saw this week that charlie christ is this i i don't close. i swear he's this close to announcing i swear i will lose my mind yeah and it's i was so happy to hear about a certain appointment so that someone else wouldn't run again why can't i think of her last name graham good thank you gwen graham yes yes because i was like oh because i thought for sure she would run me again. too me too no i was and, glad and about she, that too you know and and again like great but i feel like but also could take advice of like somebody probably said to her from the party we have nikki freed yeah this is who we're gonna run yeah. and gwen graham was like cool bye i'm gonna go take this job with biden see you I later mean, and what a great job oh it's no it's not it's certainly not a consult con- yeah consultation Consul- no, consolation consolation <laughs> thank you tina not a consolation prize a, a job yeah. with that biden appoints Please, you for can take I have it that job but uh charlie chris no no, no. stop it but, like, stop get out you already had your time you uh, already had your time Tina, and you didn't do a great job with it. And you lost. And the last time you were governor, you were a fucking Republican Come governor. On. Who needs this shit? Get the fuck Get out, out of here. Fuck off. God. Another one. But you know, this white man jumps in the race. That's a lot of fucking old people. A lot of older people will get into that. It's, uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm so over it. Whatever. So um, the other thing that happened yes. is we got to visit with our... <gasps> Number one fan. Oh, yeah. Barefoot Lobo. Okay, first of all, let's stop for a second. This is, let me just set the scene for you. We're at Emma's apartment. We're done filming. I'm done shoving an entire humongous bowl of pasta in my mouth, which, by the way, was so fucking good. And we were so actually we're, we were about to dig into the pastries. Yes, Tina brought Shviadel. Yes. Did I say oh, that right? Shviadel, yes. Thanks, bitch. And uh, we did, you did break me off a piece yes. of that. Shviadel. <laughs> and um, so, uh, and Tina goes, Barefoot Lobo, he, they pushed back recording till 11. He said we can stop by his place. I was like, get your shit. Yeah. We got to go. The next thing I know, <laughs> we're run, we were running out of. Yeah. <laughs> Where's his house? Where she, and she's like, just drive t- towards my house. I'm like, let's go. It was so Let's funny. Go. And then we get to the apartment and Tina's like, I think it's one of these. There's nobody outside. And I just stand in front of the apartment and I go, Barefoot Lobo. <laughs> Barefoot. And I hear, Yeah. I was like, Oh my God. Here he comes around the corner. Yeah. It was like in fucking insane. It was so funny. It is so weird to which I'm sure it was weird for him too. But when you hear someone's voice for a long time, and like, then you, what yeah, a then year. You see them, yeah. And then he's standing there and he's talking and he's hugging me. Very nicely. I felt very warm and cozy in this house. <laughs> uh, but he's talking and I was like, holy sh-. It was so fucking was weird. Very, and his yeah, wife, Bo, is so beautiful yes. and lovely. And his son, Deuce, is like the fucking coolest kid. Talking about Godzilla and King Kong. Oh my yes, God. I'm here but for he it. But he such a little love bug. Oh, he, tells, oh he says, I love you. And he gives us a hug before he goes to bed. I'm oh, like, oh my God. Little apple cheeks. So cute. Adorable. So much but- fun. You know, um, Barefoot has mentioned that he's run by both of our houses. Yes. And I said, oh, my God, Barefoot Lobo is our ducky. Oh, from now? 
Oh, from from <gasps> from uh, Pink Pretty and yes! Pink. Yes, he writes. He because remember he's like to the to the. Yeah, but that's. Do you think he's he's writing by because he likes no, us? No, no. Right. I'm just saying. Like the, I mean, Barefoot he put, Lobo he puts us on the route. I know, I get it, but like Barefoot Lobo has run so much in the state of yes. Florida. He's run by everybody. He's house. run by everybody's. House. I mean, we can't feel like. We're but that I think special. it's funny that he's like, okay, wait, I could tell by the cars. Like this is this house and this. Is, it's until so funny. until Barefoot Lobo busts into a record store singing Otis Redding Try a Little tenderness to me and dancing around <laughs> he is not ducky he's not ducky. but i will cue he it up for like you a ducky but barefoot is- i will cue up the song and bust into my house and sing that to me uh, lip sync it I'll, i'm here for it let's do it okay um tomorrow at 9 a.m is very good for me um but barefoot Lo- what a lovely gentleman and it was cody's birthday the couple oh, days before yeah. happy birthday cody cody hell is full of dads uh, and so we were waiting for them to go to start recording so we can like jump into the video yes. and be like, ah, whatever. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. Uh, which was a total Cody, bummer. Total how dare you? bummer. How dare you have a life? <laughs> how dare you have to put your kids to bed? All of this <laughs> podcasting world that we're a part of. And yeah. it was very disappointing. It was, it was very disappointing. I have to say, um, the last thing I guess is I wanted to just remind everybody that Little Muck came out on Friday <gasps> with the lovely and fabulous Brianna, Representative Brianna Titone from Colorado. Yes, um, I loved listening back to that conversation. You know, sometimes we film the or film these, we record these like a month before, yeah. and so I loved going back and listening to her talk about all of the things that that she's doing in Colorado. Yeah. And she, she's incredible. She's incredible. And again, I said uh, last week that she'd written a piece in the yeah. Tampa, Bay, Tampa Bay Times about yes. the Florida the sports ban, which by the way died in the Senate. Thank, thank God. So goodness. that's the banning trans children from playing sports is not going to happen in Florida yeah. this session. Yeah, but keep a look, keep an eye out for it next session and when because twenty twenty two election cycle. God, I'm hoping so. Like, we're going to bring out the worst. Happens with that disability ban with abortion. I, I hope so. We'll see. I, mean, I the doubt trauma it. that they're going to put women through. When when did that become a fucking issue? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ugh. When did anybody give a fuck about that? It just it just it just upsets me so much. It upsets me too, and I'll have to remind everybody too because I think it's hilarious. It's hilarious to me that Republicans and Democrats in the House voted for that ban uh, to ban trans children, including Chip Lamarco, who's a representative from District yes. 93, where I fucking live, where you fucking live. Yes. He's my representative. He voted for this. He's supposed to be a moderate Republican, yeah, right? he's not. He represents the largest Give LGBTQ community, one he, of the largest in the country. He, he does their bidding. And he votes and for this. It. And he didn't have to. He no. didn't have to do that. And then, so now he's on record Good. against trans rights. Good. In a fucking county that has a large transgender community, a large LGBTQ community, it is very clear he does not stand with that community. He's not a friend of that community. And then it died in the Senate. Now you look like a fucking asshole. Good. But by the but way, let him look like that so that we need, can use it. Yeah, but he didn't even need that vote to look like an asshole. You already look yes. like a fucking asshole. <laughs> fuck off. Bye. Get the fuck out. <laughs> what? Who are we running against this motherfucker? Oh my God, please. I already have a short list. We need to have a meeting and talk yes. about this immediately. Yes. Get him out. Oh, Tina. Uh, I got it. Between Barefoot Lobo live and in my arms. Yes. And fucking Chip Lamarca. I'm, I've had it, honey. I've oh had my it. God. You're first this week. Okay. Are you ready? Hey. Yes. Okay. Today, I'm going to tell you the story of former Pennsylvania State Senator Henry Buddy. C and Franny. Now, you know, that was very close to Buddy Cianci. Yes. When you just said that. I was like, excuse me? Excuse yes. Me? Okay. I know the whole time I kept 
like in my head wanting to say CNC yes. and I was like, oh, go listen God. to our episode where Tina covers Rhode Island's uh, Providence, Rhode, Rhode Island's buddy Island. CNC. Yeah. One of the funniest fucking episodes it we is have pretty ever funny. done. He's a great guy. <laughs> great character. Loved it. Such a character. Just loved it. All right. So Henry J. Buddy C. and Franny began his political career after winning a seat in the Pennsylvania House of Reps in 1963 mm. and became a state senator in 1966. But when Buddy pads the payroll with his buddies, mm. he places his career in jeopardy. Uh-oh. So our story takes place in Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Love it. Let's go. That's east side. East side, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. So like my other recent cases, I feel like I've done a few cases where I don't have a ton of background. Mm-hmm. So this is sort of the same thing, but I'm going to kind of touch on what I could uh, gather. So C and Franny served in the army, according to a New York Times article. And prior to earning his uh, seat in the House of Reps in Pennsylvania in 1963, he was a delegate to the DNC. And from the accounts mm. I read, he was a really powerful politician. Like okay. he had a lot of political influence and after earning a seat in the Pennsylvania Senate in 1966, he got appointed and eventually served as chair to the Appropriations Committee. Whoa. And that is, you know, it's yeah. like big. super big, powerful yes. because it's all about the money, baby. Yeah, yeah. So, and he was very good at getting money to come back to Philadelphia. Okay. So um, he was, you know, um, used that position to help his constituents. Mm-hmm. And a case text file on uh, the United States versus Camille, which was another uh, corruption case, it noted that Sam Franny served as Senate Majority Leader as well. Mm. And a New York Times article from the Times says Sam Franny was, again, quote, one of the most powerful men in the Pennsylvania Senate. Wow. So he yielded a lot of power. It's a really important state, too, when it comes to, you know, pre- presidential elections. Yes. So yes. Believe me, all those state seats really matter. Yes, for sure. And an article by Ray Holton in the Washington Post offered more insight into his life. So his grandfather was an Italian immigrant, mm-hmm. and he was actually one of the first uh, Italians to settle in Philadelphia. Wow. So he was part of that group of Italians. Okay. And throughout the 50s and 60s, his father, uh, C. and Franny's father, served as ward leader and state legislator. Mm. So a ward leader is basically like what we have here as an area leader mm-hmm. over precinct captains. Okay. So he was ward leader of this, again, a very powerful part of Philadelphia. And politics was a family thing. So C and Franny took over his dad's spot as ward leader mm. and then later took his dad's seat in the house. This is very Chicago. Yeah. Chicago does the same that thing. Same sort of yes. vibe. Yes. So here's a quote that I found that will give you a sense of the kind of guy that we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. The Philadelphia citizen notes that C and Franny once said, quote, I'm going to steal every vote I can. I'm going to buy every vote I can. That's the kind of guy I am. Okay. All right, C and Franny. I mean, <laughs> might not be a good strategy to say that out loud well, in front of a reporter, but yep, you do you, go. honey. You do you. You got it. So what happened? So back in 1977, word gets out that C and Franny is being too buddy-buddy with his pals and he may be padding the books. Mm. And according to Holton's articles, he and Franny may have been investigated over a period of two years by the FBI, and there were allegedly these tape recordings of him kind of talking about the misdeeds that he was up to. So the major incident that he gets in trouble for, uh, there were several different things. Uh, He took $52,000 in bribes Mm. from four different families who wanted him to sponsor admission 
of their kids to medical school and like what? veterinary school. Oh. So, you know, I'll write this yes. letter that will help them get okay. in. And he took money from them. Like, you want me to write this mo- <laughs> letter? Hand over the money. So I bet this happens all the time. It has to happen the all the time. But was it a, a check written directly to him or was it a donation to the campaign? That part I don't know. Okay, all I okay. know is that he took the money. Okay, yeah, well, either way, and it's you, bad. Yeah, you can't yeah. do that. Yeah. So um, then he also got in trouble for income tax evasion for about $63,000. Oh, boy. The other thing that was sort of like the thing that a lot of people talked about was the big thing was he hired an ex-girlfriend and his sister-in-law for non-existent jobs. Mm. So basically there were people on the payroll he takes them off the payroll. He brings these two people on the payroll and it's like, no shit. Like they're not doing any work. It's like these ghost employees that are oh just getting paid. Oh my gosh, dude. And it was about $30,000 or Dang. so for that. And then he was charged with witness tampering because he tried to stop those two people from testifying against him. <laughs> um, and then he also gave gifts to his secret lover. Oh, so he had a secret lover who was a reporter. So okay. this reporter, um, she, um, was reporting for the Philadelphia uh, Inquirer, mm-hmm. and she was covering San Franny. Like pu- pu- she was, you know, it was part of her beat. Oh boy! So, but they were having an affair. Yeah, and sh- they tried to say like it didn't influence like what she was writing about. Please, but please, you know, not good. And she received about ten thousand dollars in gifts for things like jewelry, mm. furnishings for a new apartment, wow. a car. And a fur coat. And one article said that she tried to return the fur coat to a store. Uh-huh. And the fur coat, um, I think, was like $6,000 or something. But they were like, well, he got it on sale for like $4,000. So we can't take it back because he <laughs> bought it on sale. So she was like stuck with the fur coat. I'm sure it was such a burden. You know what this reminds me of? You know I'm going to bring it up. Goodfellas, right? Yes. The, when they walk into that bar, he's like, the woman's wearing the fur coat. Oh, my he's God. like, get out. Get out. Yes. Return it. But I bought it on sale. <laughs> Get out. Oh, my God. So what goes down? So like I said, the FBI spent two years investigating and building a case against him, according to a 1978 uh, annual report from the FBI. And two days prior to his indictment, SCOTUS rejected his attempt to withhold documents from the federal grand jury. So it's those documents that provided the evidence, mm, right, of some yeah. of those cl- crimes. And he didn't want, uh, obviously, he didn't want them you know, um, to go forward. But SCOTUS was like, no, they're going forward. And according to a later lawsuit on September 23rd, 1977, C. Franny was indicted for the following uh, crimes of which there were 110 charges. Jesus. And that carried a potential 565 years in jail. What? I think because they just add up like for each charge, but it oh, never goes no, to that. Of course and, not. I mean, but never, my God. Never, never. Yeah, it's crazy. So I kind of detailed. 565 years yeah, in jail. I detailed sort of the things that he did of taking money. And so those kind of boiled down to racketeering, mm. mail fraud, obstruction of justice, and tax evasion. So okay. those are series of charges under yeah. all of those categories, but I don't need to go through like one count that's what, right? We get it. So eventually, according to Holton's article, C and Franny pled guilty or no contest mm. to 110 charges. And the article cites a statement by C and Franny's attorney that read, quote, the Senator feels that since it has been determined by pretrial rulings that the charges are properly drafted, he should now publicly admit the degree of his culpability. His decision not to contest the charges is both unconditional and immediate. Wow. So it's like the, the writing's on the wall. Yeah. Why? You let's just kind just of. Just go with it. Yeah. Let's just admit to it. And the article does go on to say that he may have done this to earn leniency. Mm. 
um, in sentencing, and one ward leader even felt that Cianfrani had already Mm. suffered enough because he lost his seat, he lost money from the lawyer's fees, Mm. and his reputation was tarnished. Mm. But I feel like... You chose to do this bad thing. Yeah. You chose to be shady. You chose to take bribes. You chose to, you know, use your seat in an improper way. And now we have to be like, oh, but you lost that seat. Like, that's that the was least. your choice. And the, that's that the least your of your choice. problems. You're going to go to, you should go to you jail. You should go to jail. So losing your job and you're like, you know, this title is yeah. the last thing you should be worried and about. Who like, cares? But you made a decision. Yeah. Like, now you got to own up to it. And, and trust it, me, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised the guy runs again. <laughs> like I mean, it's, that doesn't mean it's the end of the road. Well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> so what's funny is when he was being investigated, he allegedly said this about uh, the special prosecutor in a, in the case Walter Phillips in 1975. He said, "Quote: If he can't get anything on me, what kind of investigator is he?" Well, apparently, Sam Franny, he got a lot of stuff on you. You know, it's always my best. It's always my favorite because we've done a He's couple. A Mr. Tough Guy. Yeah, but there's always, there's, we've done a couple where it's like, oh, you want it? Oh, yeah. Gary Hart. Yeah. When come I did on, Gary come Hart. At me, come oh, you at think me. I'm doing something? Yeah. Follow me around then. Then yeah. go ahead and follow me. And then everybody starts following him and they're and like, they thought, oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> there's tons of stuff. I love when they go ahead and they challenge it's people. It's so funny. Don't worry. It's if you've so been around long enough, and I'm talking to the people that are elected in Broward right now. If Ooh. you've been around long enough, honey, it's going to come out. Yes. And I, by the way, sidebar, the shit that's coming out in Broward right now is fucking insane. I know. If you are not paying I attention to local wait. politics here, you are wait. missing out on the drama of and it all. think about everywhere else in the country, you know, there's yeah. stuff like at their little cities. But other this counties. is why we need to have term limits. We have to get people off of commissions in the county and other places sooner because you cannot sit there for 20 fucking years. You have no idea. That's not term limited, right? Am I crazy? No, because these are people who leave seats. No, county's yeah. not term limited because there's people who've been sitting there for a long time and all kinds yes. of stuff's coming out now. Yep. Ooh, honey. Ooh. All right. So get the popcorn ready. Sing. According to the Philadelphia Citizen, Cian Franny was sentenced to five years in federal prison. Mm-hmm. He only served 28 months, which is a little over two years. And the New York Times reported on his release that authorities uh, commented that Cian Franny was paroled after, quote, having substantially observed the rules of the institution. Mm. He still had to serve five years probation and pay tax penalties for that tax fraud. So the aftermath. About two weeks prior to pleading guilty in December 1977, Cian Franny resigned from his Senate post, uh, as reported in the Washington Post. In 1985, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania, the state, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, right. sues C. and Franny for the money that went to the no-show jobs. So they outlined that t- the two of the women paid for doing nothing cost the state $30,232.80, which he was paying back out of his retirement, like pension payments. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they felt he was responsible for a total of $90,698 in damages. So less the 30K, he had to pay the state then an additional $60,465, which he ended up with, like, in that case, like, that's what they ruled, that he owed this additional money. And while serving his sentence, he fought for and won authorization to earn $10,925 a year pension. So how much? Ten thousand nine hundred and twenty-five dollars. Jesus. Year. Yeah. And he won that. He won. He was because they were fighting like you don't get your pension because you're arrested, this is right? Insane. And like and and have been charged and pled guilty. Come to. on. He went to court and they were like, yeah, give him his give him his pension because he did this and he worked this and it's oh like, yeah, he God. did. But he also committed a crime yeah. underneath that seat. Like he blew it. Whatever. Oh fucking a. 
So out of that $10,000 a year pension is where the payments for that 30,000 were coming out of. And then I guess he then had that additional 60 grand hand to pay. Mm. So some points of interest. Holton reported for the Washington Post that this incident with Cianfrani sort of led to the demise of the Democratic power in the state legislature because Mm. Cianfrani, you know, was out, but there was another Dem and Speaker of the State House at the time, Herbert Feynman, who faced his own criminal downfall. Oh, boy. So the Dems had held power for a really long time, and then these two exposed corruption, Mm. and the party ended up up losing some of its influence in that area. So kind of had this, you know, sort of uh, aftershock with that. And as Holton reported, Cianfrani's lover, her name was Laura Foreman. She was originally covering Cianfrani, like I said, for the Philadelphia Inquirer. And again, she didn't stop covering him, which caused an issue, but it ended up costing her her job because she Mm -hmm. had left that paper and got hired by the New York Times. But when the Times heard all of this, she... um, Oh, God. She had to, uh, they, they they rescinded the job. Oh, so no. So she lost. And that's like huge to go to the Times. Yes. And then she loses it because she's like having this affair. And then it's, you know, um, but they end up marrying. Oh, after wow. After that, and they stay together to the end. Wow. So I was like, wow. Like, lose a job, gain a husband. Yes. So um, the other thing I found that I thought was really um, funny and a little bit ironic uh, he served on the task force on uniform crime reporting was one of his jobs. Oh my gosh. And meanwhile, meanwhile, yeah, this is what he's up he's to. He's a criminal. Um, another fun fact, uh, recall that he was indicted on September 23rd. An article published on September 26th said that the Pennsylvania state Dems refused to make CM Franny step down as chairman of the appropriations <sighs> committee. God, so stupid. <laughs> At least until the investigation, I feel like, at least until the investigation is over, reappoint, put someone else and say, yeah. look, if everything comes out clean in the wash, then you can have your appointment. Nobody back. wants to take their friends but off of the, things. You know, yeah, and no, it's like, we're the worst. Like you're on the appropriations committee no. and you're messing around with money. Stop. Come on. Just stop the Balder madness. Dash. All right. Uh, okay. Sorry. No, I, I love it. <laughs> I know one of our fans will love when you say that. Oh. So the article like- notes that only a third of the Democratic caucus wanted him removed. <laughs> Only a third. What is wrong with I people? I don't understand. Like, just say we don't turn against our own, and we should. We should. We should. Because if I, it was I a Republican, like, they'd be get the fuck out. But I feel like, you, well, I don't know. I don't know these days. Really? Because it seems like Matt Gates isn't getting a lot of support. Mm. Trump won't even meet with them, and that's saying a lot because he's I a heard, pig too. I heard though that Roger Stone. Yeah, uh, that he's consulting with Roger Stone. Great. So maybe he's down the street. Let's go ride our bikes. I know by. we need to ride our bikes. Could Please, you can imagine we do going that? by Roger we'll Stone? We'll put a GoPro. We'll put. I have a GoPro. We put okay. the GoPro on, and yeah. we. You, you, you just did this on your head. You're going to put the GoPro yes. on your forehead. Yes. Oh okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not. And on. by the way, we don't need to hear the Wicked Witch music when we're riding no. our bikes. Why? Because we're the good witches, honey. Yeah. We're the fucking good well, witches. Maybe she was Glenda. misunderstood. Didn't you see what was that? Uh... Oh yeah. Wicked. Wicked. Yes, I did see that, actually. (laughs) I did, actually. You're right. So one thing I couldn't get more info on, which I'm so disappointed about, is he kept being described as a flamboyant senator. And I think that he kind of had like this flippant attitude and... Mm -hmm. I kept imagining James Traficant, like, like just yeah. sort of, you know, beam me up speaker, like <laughs> kind of a guy like that. But I, I couldn't find, yeah. you know, anything. And that was disappointed. Uh, but I did read an old New York Times article from November 1977 that C and Franny was hospitalized due to exhaustion, like Ugh. during this whole time. And I'm like, oh, so Mr. Tough Guy, that's like, yeah, I try to find I something. Tell you. Now I, you're going to the hospital for exhaustion. I get it. I have never 
in my life. And I probably should have been, I should be hospitalized right now for exhaustion. (laughs) Okay. Why is it that we, and I'm going to do it, honey. Why do women have to fucking get up day after day with the weight of the world on our goddamn shoulders and nobody's telling me to go to the hospital for exhaustion? exhaustion. What is that? What does that, what happens? Do I wait? Do I just not be able, I'm not able to get out of bed and someone's like, diagnose her, exhaustion, take her. Well, how do you get to the hospital for yeah. exhaustion? Somebody tell me what are the I fucking have, symptoms? Yeah, what of are this? yeah? Because I got it. Because we're exhausted every I'm day. Fucking exhausted. <laughs> but what is the line that I have to cross? I don't know to get a goddamn vacation, which is lying well, in a I hospital mean, clearly, bed. Clearly, this is all was all to me. It looks like a sympathy ploy. But like, like even the all these guy. celebrities that are like exhaustion yeah, meanwhile it's like drying out or something you know yeah, what I or mean? like a nervous breakdown yeah well, mean, great again i'm asking yes. what's the line i have to cross is i feel like i'm there oh my god and then in exhaustion. 1988 yes 1988 about 10 years yeah. after all of this up until his death in 2002 c and franny had earned back his ward leader seat <sighs> in philly of course so he was a political influencer until the end like wow you know and like lobbyist and all of that yep it's really incredible. I know. So they that's never, the good the good guys never go away, no. honey. And that's the story of Henry Buddy C. and Franny, the swindling Pennsylvania state senator. Love it. Short and sweet baby. Oh, well, very good. I'm in love with this story. And the fact that it's so close to Buddy C. makes me so happy. Yes. I mean, it wasn't too, you know, not a super wild story, but I just love the idea of, you know, one day, can you just imagine like collecting a paycheck for not doing a job? Oh, from no, a city. I, I, I don't. The guilt would just drive me nuts. But the, I'm going to die at my desk. I'm not going to be <laughs> any retirement. I'll be getting no pension whatsoever. Um, oh. Okay, are you ready for my story? I am. Okay, I am covering former <gasps> U.S. House Rep from California, Uh-oh. Gary Condit. Woo! Let's do it. You know who this is. Yes. Okay. So a couple of weeks ago, we did an episode and we were talking about how, uh, oh, it was the guy who, who, um, sh- sh- he was a drug dealer and he shot this, this person. It was, you just did yes. it like two weeks yes. ago. And I said, there's so many of these stories where bec- there's a victim and right. it's, that person's completely overshadowed yes. because it's a huge political scandal. And so you kind of forget about there's somebody's a victim here. Yes, you know? yes, yes. So when I was thinking about that, Chandra Levy came yes. into my mind. This disappe- disappearance yes. of Chandra Levy because oh. she we're, she's born in 1977. Like she's our yeah, age. She's our she age. was 24 when she disappeared. Wow. It's incredible. It, um, it doesn't seem that long ago. It doesn't seem, but it was 90s. It was wow. in the 90s. Yeah. yeah. The 90s to me just, it, it's, it's, you know, it's like I, yesterday. I feel like, yeah, that's like, I was going to say, I feel Ugh. like an old person or my parent to go, it just seems just like yesterday. Uh, honey, it was so long ago. And it was so it's fucking twenty twenty one. Why? Why is it so long ago? Why? I don't know. But anyway, I, so I wanted to cover it, and I'm going to talk about her too because no, you know please, what? please, Bitch, we have to. And this yeah, poor all girl. I, all I remember, not all I remember of her, but I just remember the picture. Yes, the picture of the hair. Yes, that, that photo that with the white the shirt on the yeah, jeans. It was yes. like the senior photo. Yeah, I when I that's, was looked it up, I, I saw of. that picture, and I was like, oh my yeah. god, Damn. who's a baby? She was really young. I mean, I mean, twenty four. And then, of course, life. now that I have kids, I'm like, if my daughter ever wanted to go to DC and intern, and she's in her early twenties, I, I mean, I think that, that sex exciting. and power and politics yes. is all mixed in together and kind of a thing. It is kind any, of exciting. I think any powerful job, like yeah. if they went to Hollywood or if they went yeah. to, you know, the stock exchange, or you know what I mean. Yeah. I feel like anything that's yeah. 
but they're in this web of yeah. like very powerful men and women that they're surrounded by and there's a lot of things right. happening and, and you kind of get you can get seduced by that i think right and in the 90s we we were kind of talking about it because of the things that exploded at the time like yes. monica Lewinsky. that and, happens um, right after this you know thing. Anita Hill, or, like, you know all of these things after that. yeah that were happening sort of in that era but it was still a time where we didn't talk a lot about harassment at work or, you know, like these things were sort of just accepted still right. as being right. part of the climate. Right. Um, and I think, and I hate to bring this back up. I know that we've ranted about it before, but I, I don't like the excuse of like, that's how it was then. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make it right. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like people just excuse certain behavior. Well, that was accepted in the office, like a woman getting slapped on the behind or having her shoulders rubbed or all of that stuff. And it's, it doesn't make it right just to say like, oh, it was accepted because it was accepted at one point for kids to like be chimney sweepers and die mm. of lung disease. Right? right. But we can look at it and go, holy shit, that was fucked up. And mm. I feel like we don't do that enough about the way women have been treated for decades in various careers and fields. Like, it's ridiculous. I don't think it's really that much better. I don't think so either. I mean, I mean we have the we training. We hear these stories all the time. I mean, I go through training every year. Every year I have to watch it's the same sexual harassment video, and it's like, you know, here are the things. And But still, when you're in a situation where it's a he said, she said, yeah. and you're the only two people in the room, what do you do? And by the time we're working, let's say we're in our 20s and our 30s, we're so fucking numb to it, to be honest with you. Yeah, because still we've when been, things happen, I, I'm like, look at this. from 11 years old. Yeah, it's still, so we're, women have already experienced it for such a long time. Correct. That you're like, well, here's another fucking piece of shit. It's going to give me a hard time. Or here's this fucking, here's yes. this thing that's now happening. You know what I mean? Yes. And I've talked to young people recently, teenagers who, um, girls who, talked about their experiences of being catcalled mm -hmm. all of the time of course all of the time teenagers yes oh, all right let's get Sorry. into it so gary condit was born in oklahoma on april 21st 1948 he was raised and educated in oklahoma but he and he graduated from tulsa nathan hale high school oh. during the summers of his high school years condit worked as a laborer in the oklahoma's oil fields in 1967 at age 18 he married his high school sweetheart carolyn berry and from what I can tell, they're still married um, now. Uh, an investigation by journalists in 2001 revealed that Condit provided the wrong birth date for his marriage license. At the time, Oklahoma required males under age 21 to have a parental consent to marry. By claiming to have been born in 1942 rather than 48, Condit appeared to be older than 18. Okay. So he lied on his marriage license. Under 21 male needed consent. What about the girls? Oh, I, I bet no you there idea. was nothing. Probably right? not. You, could, you probably could marry a 14-year-old. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. But... We want to make sure the men are of age. Sorry. Um, I mean, I could be completely wrong about that. But. In 1967, Condit's father became a pastor of a Baptist church in Saris, California, near Modesto, which caused his family to relocate. So they moved to California. He attends Modesto Junior College and received an associate's degree of arts in 1970. In 72, he receives his Bachelor of Science degree from California State University. And while attending college and at the start of his career, Condit worked at a variety of jobs, including one at a tomato cannery, one at a factory that made munitions during the Vietnam War, and in the paint department of Montgomery Ward Department Store. Oh, wow. All right, so bump, bumping around, so right? He, well, yeah, and it's interesting that he did factory work. I wonder mm -hmm. what his BS degree was in. Okay, so 
Condit began his political career at the Saris City Council from 1972 to 76. The last two years as mayor, he became the youngest mayor in the city's history at the age of 25. Dang. I know. Condit served on the Stanislaus County Board of Supervisors from 1976 to 82 and was elected to the California State Assembly in 1982. Um, and then he goes and runs for the U.S. House rep seat, which he was elected in 1989 in a special session after the resignation of House Democrat Whip Tony Cohillo, Cohillo. Um, he was elected to a full term in 1990 and reelected five more times without any difficulty. He really had no opposition wow. in the 92 and 98 elections, no challenger. Wow. So, you know, a people favored, like him. people like him. Yeah. He keeps going back. His most important committee assignment was as a senior member of the House Intelligence Committee in the months and years prior to the September 11th attacks. Wow. Like most Democrats from the Central Valley, Condit was somewhat more conservative than other Democrats from California which is called the blue dog Democrat, right? Mm -hmm. um, he voted against President Bill Clinton more frequently than any other party members in the chamber. Wow. Condit opposed NAFTA despite intense lobbying from his own district's wine industry and President Clinton himself. Uh, he voted against the landmark repeal of Glass-Steagall protect protections and against the Iraq War and intervention in Kosovo. Um, in 1998, during the Monica Lewinsky scandal, Condit publicly demanded that Clinton, quote, come clean on his relationship with the, with, with the young woman. Okay. okay. I mean. Yeah. Not so bad. To me, these that, are not, yeah. These are, I, look, I mean, you got to hold people. Yeah. You got to hold people accountable. Yes. So uh, let's get into the scandal. So oh, in 2001, Condit became the subject of national news coverage after the disappearance of Chandra Levy, a young woman working as a Washington, D.C. intern, originally from Condit's district. Okay. Okay. So I think that's how they kind of met okay. is that was her rep. Okay. All right. And she was going to school. She yeah. college. Well, no, she's young. Oh yeah. Maybe college. Yeah. She was in college. So let me tell you a little bit about her. Levy was born in Cleveland, Ohio to Robert and Susan Levy. The family moved to Modesto, California, where she attended Grace M. Davis high school. She attended San Francisco state university where she earned a degree in journalism after interning for the California Bureau of secondary education and working in the office of Los Angeles mayor, Richard Riordan, uh, she began attending the University of Cal Southern California to earn a master's degree in public administration. Okay. As part of the final semester of study, Levy moved to D.C. to become a paid intern with the Federal Bureau of Prisons. So in October 2000, she began her internship at the Bureau's headquarters where she was assigned to the Public Affairs Division. Her supervisor, Bureau spokesperson Dan Dunn, was impressed with Levy's work, especially her handling of media inquiries regarding the upcoming execution of Timothy McVeigh, who was oh. convicted of bombing the Oklahoma City, yeah, City yeah, Federal yeah. Building. Another story I know. that would be amazing for us to do. So Levy's internship was abruptly, abruptly terminated in April 2001 because her academic eligibility was found to have expired in December 2000. So she had already completed her master degree yes. master's degree requirements so she didn't really need to keep doing this and they're but like, she liked it and kept doing yeah it. so she kept working yeah. there but they were like all right we can't you can't be <laughs> you can't be here anymore so she was returning to california in may 2001 to prepare for her graduation right um but then on may 1st 2001 she disappears oh wow um, so like right when she's supposed to go home yeah she was supposed to leave like a few weeks later oh um, the Metropolitan Police Department of the District of Columbia was alerted on May 6th, uh, 2001, when Levy's parents called from Modesto to report they had not heard from their daughter in five days. Oh, my God. Police called hospitals and visited Levy's apartment in DuPont Circle that day, finding no indication of foul play. 
On May 7th, Levy's father told the police that his daughter had been having an affair with a U.S. congressman. And the next day that he believed the con- the next day he told him he believed the congressman to be U.S. Representative Gary Condit. Wow. Levy's aunt also called the police and told them that Chandra had confided in her about the affair. Okay. So, so let me maybe, say something about this uh, first. Okay. When this happens, the police like immediately shift they start looking at gary as as a suspect right well he's got yeah he's got to be considered but what happens is it kind of changes the way that the investigation goes and so they're not really looking at the whole picture they start really looking at just one this one thing right. and then of course the press gets it and it becomes and a feeding it. frenzy and, it, you kind, and they, they forget kind of about sight of, who who else might be involved right like her. let's look at all of the options right you right know? so what were you gonna ask so may 1st I mean, because she's been there basically like since October, since October. Yeah. Working as an intern, there's got to be other interns and other people, but her internship had ended. And so because it's end of the semester. Right. And she wants to head back home. But no other people in her life from D.C., friends, other colleagues noticed that she was missing because five days is a long time no, nobody it and there's no the cell phone parents. like that that's right remember this is like, not the time yeah i mean she may yeah. have had a cell phone but it's not like today where everyone has a cell phone and you're texting and they could kind of trace like oh right. she wasn't online or right. she hasn't sent a text or whatever right no and five days you know i mean we as as true crime uh-huh. sort of people know that five days is a really long time like yeah a really long time to not look fine to know that someone's missing right. and that's five days of evidence that's disappearing. Right. So police obtained a warrant on May 10th to conduct a formal search of Levy's apartment. Investigators found her credit cards, identification oh. and mobile phone left behind in her purse, along with partially packed suitcases, right? Cause she's oh, leaving. God. The answering machine was full with messages left by her relatives and two from Gary Condon. <gasps> A police sergeant tried to examine Levy's laptop computer and inadvertently corrupted the internet search data. Come on. As he was not a trained technician. Oh, come on. So computer experts Uh. took a month to reconstruct the data to determine that the laptop was used on the morning of May 1st to search for websites related to Amtrak, Baskin Robbins, Condit, Southwest Airlines, and a weather report from the Washington Post. Her final search at 12.59 p.m. was for Alsace-Lorraine, a region in France. A particular search at 11.33 a.m. was for information about Rock Creek Park in the Washington Post Entertainment Guide. Then at 11.34, she clicked a link to bring up a map of the park. Okay, so she was potentially spend the day at the park or checking this out? Yes. Um, On July 25th... It's just so... I know. Normal. Yeah. Could you imagine, like, that's your last... The last day, you don't yeah. know it's the last day you're going to live and you're just looking. Yeah, you're just like planning. Jesus, fuck, oh. Tina. Oh, oh. Tina, if, t- if I go missing, go through my shit and delete all my searches. <laughs> Immediately. You have, I'll give you the access code. Okay. <laughs> on, July 20th, on July 25th, 2001, three DC police sergeants and 28 police cadets searched along uh, Glover, uh, road in the park but failed to find evidence related to levy later a second attempt also found nothing so the police questioned condit twice and both times he denied having an extramarital affair with her however levy's aunt eventually went public with the conversation she had with her about their relationship again this is a problem right well please stop he, throwing he's on uh, the machine i wonder if it's just like hey 
it's Gary or I like, I don't think it was, Hey baby, it's Gary. You know what I mean? I think it was like, how are you? Where are you? When are we going to, yeah. I think it was like, when are we going to meet up? You know, fine. But the, the, the wife is, or the aunt is like, just why are you going public with this? Let the police do their fucking yeah. investigation. All yeah. you're doing is making it mucky. Right. Over unless, here and unless, harder for them. Unless on the family side, they're like, Oh my nothing's God. Nothing's being done. What the fuck? Nothing's being done. Or it's July or why isn't he admitting to this affair? Did he do something to her? Was he afraid right. that it was going to come out and he hurt yeah. her? So maybe like they maybe. are ginning up this fear in their own minds yeah. because they're not But there. I would imagine know. the police are like, please don't do this. Yes. I, you're going to make this harder for us to right. find the person who actually did this. Right. The police uh, questioned Condit a third time and he finally confessed that, yes, they were having an I affair. mean- why are you lying to the police? I don't Just know. admit to it. Like I don't to know. me, that would send off red flags. And you're a congressman. What? Like I get it. Like you don't want this affair to come out. Yeah. But at the same time, someone is missing, and your information could help us. Yeah. Three days earlier, know and if where you, you didn't were. What do happened? It. Yeah. That's what I mean. Oh, girl. Because now you're the time that they're wasting interviewing you for three different occasions. They could be focusing that energy on something else. Yeah. It's really selfish. Yeah. Like and someone's it's suspicious. missing. It's and suspicious. it's suspicious. So uh, apparently, so, so when, when their affair began, Condit was 53 and Levy was 23. Uh. Now, see, this is what I'm saying when I'm like, okay, there's this 30-year age difference, but you're in this city, you're young, yes. you're cute, this guy's showing you attention, he's powerful, he's a congressman. I, I mean, get it, I but... Get, I get this whole falling I for this whole it, thing. I get it, but... I think at the time I was like, ew, gross, but now I'm like, no, I kind of fucking see where I... this would be. Yeah, no, no. I mean, it's, no, like love who you love. Like, get, yeah, have, be into and by the who way, you're have fun and you're have 23. fun. Yeah, be into who you're into. About to graduate college and start your life, and yeah. you're looking at places in France but you want to visit, like eating ice cream. A bitch, lot have of your fun. like really adorable, you know, other interns yes, that she could but be also having be more smart. fun with. Fine, but no, oh, yeah. please. I mean, whatever. Who knows yes. what was going on? That, yes. Was this someone that she was really into? Did she feel pressure? You know what I mean? We don't know yeah. all the details of why mm. they got together and if he's in a position of power. You know, like there's so many other, I guess, things that we don't know. Yeah. So Condit, uh, while he, Condit was not named an official suspect in the disappearance, Levy's family suspected that he was withholding important information. His reputation suffered from the contrast between his pro-family politics yes his please. adultery with a younger woman than younger than his daughter and his attempts to mislead <gasps> oh the, come on his attempts to mislead the police regarding his affair so in july two months after levy vanished condit agreed to let investigators search his apartment hours before the search police said he was spotted throwing a gift box into the garbage he had received from another woman into a dumpster in a washington suburb so they're like following him you know the, this Wait, so he received a gift from another woman so he yeah. wasn't just having an affair with no there's more women oh so he, it comes out he was having an affair with his flight attendant and that's who the gift was oh. from oh and so you're gonna sit and and talk smack about bill clinton needs yes. to come clean yeah come on guys come on <laughs> Come on. I bet every I feel single like, person sitting there was doing I that. I feel like if you're going to say something, like if you're not doing anything, great. You can make that comment to Clinton. But why, why put that forward when you know you're doing shit too? Yeah. It's so. It's when Newt New Gingrich was the one in the oh, middle of it. He please. was having all kinds of affairs. It's so it's such, <laughs> such trash. Levy's remains were found during the extensive oh. search that followed her disappearance, but were discovered accidentally May 22nd, 2002, so a full year later. Yeah. Oh, um, baby. And it was in a, a secluded area of Rock Creek Park in D.C. Oh, the park that she was looking at? Yes. And the death was declared a homicide. Oh. So somebody accidentally 
you know, came oh, across it. Was like, yeah, it was like hiking or their yeah. dog or something yeah. like that. So police continued the murder investigation. And in March 2009, a warrant was issued for the arrest of Ingmar Guandique, an undocumented immigrant from El Salvador who had already been convicted and imprisoned for two other attacks on women in Rock Creek Park. <sighs> he was subsequently indicted for Levy's murder. On November 22, 2010, Guandique was found guilty of first degree murder and was sentenced in February 2011 to 60 years in prison. Wow. Wow. Condit's lawyer, Bert Fields, said, quote, it's a complete vindication, but what? But that comes a little late. Who comes? Who gives him his career back, end quote? Which is true. Yeah, no. Like, okay, he was fucking around. Yes. That's not a reason for someone to leave office. Am I, am I wrong, Tina? No, no, no. I, I, I agree, but we see it all the time. I, we see it. We see it all the time. We're now going to say what people do in their bedrooms is I'm they saying. shouldn't be like, in we office. Have this, we have this, this, there's this, like, moral... Yeah. Thing that we do to our politicians and people are human. Yeah. But I guess maybe if the issue, like with the whole Clinton thing was like, he lied about it. Right. And First under all, no, 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 I know. Yes. But that, that was saying like, you're under oath, you're in a courtroom. Yes. Right. And there's the problem. Like, yes. just own up to it. Just say that you did it. And that I think where the problem is, but if you're doing something in your own life, then just do something in your own life, and if it comes out, it comes out. But for, should you resign because of it? I don't know. People have affairs all day long. They're not resigning from jobs. My problem with Clinton is it wasn't in his bedroom. It's in my motherfucking it's Oval, in the office. Oval Office. That pisses yeah. me off. Yes. Fucking dirty piece of shit. Well, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, but here's the worst part about this, okay? How, uh, on June 4th, 2015... D.C. Superior Court Judge uh, Gerald Fisher granted a motion for the retrial of Guandique after it was revealed that the sole witness against him, a jailhouse informant named Armando Morales, had lied about prior jailhouse testimony. Oh, no. Uh, Which they they had him on tape. Saying that he had lied. Prosecutors dropped all charges against Guandique. For all sh- the murders or just Chandra Levy? She was the only one murdered. The other people, women were attacked. Oh. So prosecutors dropped all charges against Guandique on July 28th, 2016, after an associate of Morales, that rat, came forward with secret recordings in which he admitted to falsifying testimony <gasps> about the murder of Levy. So well, Levy's death w- remains unsolved. Yeah, Guandique so was, like, say- was like extradited back to wherever he's from, and right. to El Salvador. And now did we are still have, sitting here with an right. unsolved fucking so murder. So did they have any physical evidence? You know, did they have any evidence on the manner of death? You know, because it's, it's, it's a year later. Yeah. So, you know, was, you know, I, you know how they can tell, like, maybe if someone has been strangled or was she, you know what I mean? Like, was I think she the way or, she was attacked was the same way these other women were attacked. But of course, it had gone further. And it was, how do it they was know said that? it was a murder. But if know. they just find know. the body, like, how do they know? I don't know. You but know again, I mean? the only witness is this person who then they find out has it's lied lying. about testimony. And are they scapegoating an undocumented person? Uh, I don't, I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know if it was a scapegoat thing. This guy was already in the park. Yeah, Come yeah. I know. He may have already done violent attacks, mm-hmm. but that doesn't make him a murderer. You know what I mean? Like, I guess not. I don't know. Well, they let him go. Bye. They let him go. Yeah. Now it's still unsolved. Now we don't know. Okay, so... This um, is terrible. 
It's fucking awful. This is terrible, this poor family. So in late 2002, Condit sued writer Dominique Dunn of Vanity Fair for $11 million, claiming that Dunn defamed him by suggesting he ordered Levy killed in 2001. Condit's attorney said that the libel lawsuit was based on comments Dunn repeated on national radio and television programs in December 2001, where he suggested Condit frequented Middle Eastern embassies for sexual activity with prostitutes excuse me, with sex workers, and that during those times he made it clear that he wanted someone to get rid of Levy, which is insane. where did... Condit's attorney said that Dunn's comments, quote, conveyed that Gary Condit was involved in her kidnapping and in her murder, that friends of Gary Condit had her kidnapped, put her in an airplane, and dropped her in the Atlantic Ocean, end quote. What? Which none this of that. that. That doesn't make any sense. I know. Dunn paid, but Dunn ended up pay, paying an undisclosed amount to settle the lawsuit well, in March 2005. Yeah. I mean, you have a responsibility then, as a journalist to, to not just make up some cockamamie story about oh. a girl being dropped in the Atlantic and then she's found in the park. Yeah. I mean, and then it says Dunn said he had been, com- quote, completely hoodwinked by an unreliable informant. <laughs> so check your sources. Check your sources. Hoodwinked. Oh, my Um, God. Subsequently, Condit (laughs) sued Dunn again, charging him with reviving the slander in an appearance on CNN's Larry King Live in November 2005. In July 2008, a federal judge dismissed the second lawsuit filed against Dunn. In in July 2006, Condit sued the... Sonoran News, a free weekly newspaper for defamation of character, after the publication wrote, quote, that Condit was the main focus in the Chandra Levy case in 2001 after lying to investigators about his affair with Levy, end quote. Well, but this case was also dismissed in July 2007 when the judge said that Condit had not proved the statement was false it's not or that false. the paper had just published yeah. it with malice. So he's like, if they're reporting the news, like it sucks, it sucks that yeah. you had an affair and you, it sucks that you had an affair in that person ended up dead and now you're in the mix but again yeah you chose to have an affair you chose to lie to the police for on two separate occasions before coming you know what i mean these are things that you made a choice about that is going to cast suspicion on you because people are going to say why are you lying right right and then what do they always say it's either like the husband did it or the boyfriend did it or the lover did it so it's not far-fetched to have people question right what is going on and what your role in this is. Mm -hmm. But I feel like she's going back to California. So why it doesn't make sense that he would have her killed. She's leaving anyway. And he's having all these other I don't want to be, I really don't want to get gross here. Yeah. But he's, he's, he's having sex with her. Like why would he, there was no sign that it was bad. There was no sign there was fighting. There was no sign that That she's going to like reveal. No, there was nothing. It was just like, Hey, I'm having, but it was not, why would he, no. Yeah, it doesn't make any it sense. Doesn't make and any she's sense. leaving anyway. She's leaving. Yeah, yeah, she's out. So, so following the September 2011, I'm sorry, the September 11th, 2001 attacks, interest in the Levy case declined. So 9-11 happens and then everybody stops following right. this case, right? right? Condit kept his seat on the Intelligence Committee, retained his security clearance, and was one of the small number of members of Congress who were cleared to see the most sensitive information on the 9-11 attacks. Okay. On well, Sept- he was on that committee like prior Intelligence committee. for so long. Yeah. So. On December 7th, 2001, Condit announced he would run for re-election. He lost the Democratic primary uh, in March 2002 to his former aide, then-Assemblyman Dennis Cardoza, and left Congress at the end of his term in January 2003. Um, And it's funny you brought up James Traficant because Condon's most notable vote in his last months in office was the resolution to expel Congressman James Traficant, (laughs) who Tina talked about today, but she also covered on the left. Oh, that's so funny. After his conviction on corruption charges in... um, So... 
anyway, that yeah, I just thought that was funny. It's like he's leaving for these things, and he votes out yeah. James Traffigant. And that's the story of Gary Condit. Oh, man. And his yeah. wife still remained by his side? Yeah. When I checked, it still had her listed as his spouse. Wow. Yeah. Still married. That's some dedication. Because I would be like, I know. Bye. I know. I know. You know what I mean? What a mess. I mean, flight attendants, interns. I, I would. I mean, if your husband's accused of murder, are you standing there? Like, now you found out he's lied about cheating, which maybe she knew. Who knows? Yeah. He's cheating on you all the time. You're like, what the fuck's going on? Then this happens. You're like, who is this person? Yeah, no, no, no. I would, I would be one. I if with the, with the the intern, the intern and the flight attendant alone, I'd be like, see you later. Mm. Oh, you're accused of murder. Good luck to you. Bye. Yeah, like, I would not play this. I'm gonna stand by your side. Did would I think he's guilty? I think it would depend on yeah, you know, the evidence. But I, I would question. Yeah, I would be like, holy, is this something that you did? Right. But, Right. But if he was someone that was having affairs their whole relationship, then Maybe. I would probably be like, no, you were just, this yeah. is just who you are. And this, yeah. you know, this situation just went awry yeah, to no fault of your own. But mm. I, yeah. I mean, I, how embarrassing for the wife. Like I, I just, sometimes I feel like the spouses in these situations mm -hmm. have to deal with all this garbage. And I, I, I don't know if I would be able to deal with like the press and like all of that. I, I, ugh. No. Yeah, but then if they stay together, she gets you, they trot her back out. Yeah, you know, and she's got to oh, stand there and like, Never. oh my I god, I would not be able to do it. I wouldn't be able to. But do don't it. you think also maybe sometimes these wives like that proximity to power? They like being near somebody. They're like, well, this is part of the this is maybe. part of my gig, or maybe they make role. maybe they do have some agreement. Like, hey, maybe you know, I'm going to have these things on the side, but you're going to get all of this, right? I mean, I, oh boy, you know, dang, I know. All right. Are you watching anything exciting? No, I've tried. You know what? I have to tell you, I've tried to get back into the Sopranos and I, I think I'm on episode three of the first season oh. and I, you know, I love it so much, yes. but I'm so tired at the end of the day. Like yes. when I finally get to turn it on, I'm like, Ugh. but I forgot how much I love his mother. Oh my God. That relationship is she's so tense. Funny. And then when he goes to the therapist and he's like, Oh my mother. And, and she challenges him. She's like, yeah. well, this mother is like, you know, she's not that great. And he's like, what? My mother's the sweetest woman ever. And then he goes to bring her flowers and she like doesn't give a fuck about oh, the flowers. It's so oh, funny. it's it's such a tense, yes. fucked up relationship. Yeah. David Chase um, has said that it's, uh, that was based on his own mother. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. It is. I watched a show. I don't really watch TV much at all anymore because I feel like I'm doing so much stuff yeah. that like that's no what takes up my time. Um, and I just try to read at night. Um, but I watched this show on Hulu called Cruel Summer. Oh, I keep seeing billboards all yes. over this. So I saw there's only like two episodes and it's, it's definitely like YA, but I was, I was into it. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, one, because it takes place in the nineties. Yeah. So it takes place, you know, like it opens up and it's like June 21st, 1993, June 21st, 1994, June 21st, 1995. Yeah. And so you see the same day from the same character oh. over the three years and you see like, it's just a terrible evolution. Jesus. Um, and this girl, the next day is this three different days from this other character. So this girl goes missing, this popular, beautiful girl goes missing. And this other girl suddenly kind of takes her place and becomes like, has her boyfriend and her, the girl's best friends are her best friends. Oh, wow. And then the other girl's been missing and kidnapped, but then she comes back. Oh. And then she has an accusation about the other girl. And oh, like, I like this. Yes. And she's like, you stole my life. Like, yeah, it's really good. So it's good. 
I, I was kind of into it. I like it. I'm yeah. going to, now I don't, you know, I don't have Hulu. And God I love like it. the music and like the, the yes. stuff that they're wearing. I'm like, oh, it's like the well, 90s. Cruel Summer is a great song, right? Yes. Okay. P.S. I did watch something that I don't think I've ever, did I ever tell you how, how much I loved uh, Murder Among the Mormons on Netflix? Oh. Have you ever watched this? Josh recommended it to me. So fucking good. It's a documentary. I think it's like three or four episodes. That's it. But it's so fucking oh, have good. To watch you it. have to watch it. It's amazing. And it's really about like documents and, you know, Mormon, that religion hasn't been around that long. So people oh, are still are looking big, for like historical but documents. they're big like genealogists. Yes. You've got to yeah. watch this and tell me what you think. <gasps> yes. I read a book, um, you know, the guy that wrote Into the Wild, John mm-hmm. Krakauer, and mm-hmm. he did um, Into Thin Air. And he wrote another book called Under the Banner of Heaven. Mm. And it's about the Mormon culture. And it's about this guy who he murders his wife. Oh God. But in the courtroom, because you know, with the Mormon faith, they have this thing that God talks directly to them. Yes. And that was his defense that yeah. he was like told by God oh, gosh. to do this. Yeah. And they were like, well, our religion believes. So how can you prove not like, it's really good, <sighs> really, really good. on like, it's how, frightening. It's frightening. But yeah, it's called under the banner of heaven. Mm amazing that's what we you know what we need to put on our blog we have to have like the list of books that that's a good that, idea that, that we're reading yeah i like it you know um because you've talked about a couple of good books recently mm-hmm. and then maybe shows that we're watching have like a little i love it like side panel we Wouldn't can do it fun? we can do it on instagram too yes <laughs> all right all right that's well it. i hope you have a wonderful week i will see you next week okay bye bye If you want to see any photos or take a deeper dive into our stories, please follow the episode notes on our website, themuckpodcast.fireside.fm, and be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Muck Podcast. To support The Muck Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support and different goodies for each level, Muckraker, Policy Wonk, or Bleeding Heart. We can't do it without you. Music for The Muck Podcast, written and performed by Sean Doherty. 